0: All right, folks, we're back to the Coachful Coaching Leadership Podcast. I'm David, and today I'm here with Richard Lee Tai. Richard, how's it going today?
1: It's going great. Thanks for having me on your podcast.
0: All right, Richard. Um, you are a connection consultant. And you are an advocate of social health. Can you explain to everyone what you do and what all that means?
1: Yeah, that's a good question because people may have never heard of the term connection consultant or social health before. I know I certainly didn't when I was growing up. What it really means is how can we promote connection in our daily lives Connection became something that was important to me because I grew up feeling quite shy and lonely. And so I never had any classes on like, here's how you make friends and here's how you communicate effectively. And so I feel like the result is so many people just try their best to figure that out. And in my case, I had moved from my hometown to go to a different city for university. And I needed to start from scratch because I didn't know anyone there in that new location. And for the first couple of months, I would say I was feeling quite homesick and out of place and lonely. And this particular experience where I was physically surrounded by people because I was living in residence. I was in lecture halls of hundreds of people, but still feeling like all those connections were surface level. where we just small talk and it wasn't the same depth of relationships I had back at home. And so that got me thinking of like, how do I fix this? How, how, how can I address this? And one thing I realized is that there's this gap of education and therefore there's stigma. There's shame attached to me admitting like, hey, I don't have very many friends in this new place, even though that's completely understandable. And that's probably the case for other people, too, when they move to a new city or start a new job or have any sort of transition. And so the nature of my work now as a connection consultant is how can we make these meaningful connections easier? Um, And how can we normalize discussion of this? Because it's so crucial for our overall fulfillment in life. The term social health, what that means is it's the well-being that comes from our connection and community. So just like there's physical health and there's mental health, there's also social health. And I think it is worth distinguishing that topic because we don't talk about it (laughs) enough I know at one point, mental health was a taboo topic, too, that we kept hidden away. People didn't openly share about it. But nowadays, at least it's there's a term. It's part of our common conversations. What Mm -hmm. if that was the case for social health, too, that we check in? Like, how are you feeling (laughs) like what's your level of connection right now Um, and different domains of your life, too? So um, that's why I'm a social health advocate, because it's important for the rest of our life, and there's re- lots of research that backs it up, too, that having these great connections is the key indicator to having a he- healthy and happy life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's sort of, a, in a nutshell, what a connection consultant, it helps to make, we help to make connections and <laughs> yeah. um, promote social health.
0: So, I, I'm curious, like, thank you for sharing that story of, like, moving into residence, moving into a new new town. Yeah. Very, I think a lot of people can relate to that, Richard right? Mm -hmm. I am curious though, like why now? Why is connection so important now? And why is it so important now to drive this awareness?
1: Yeah, I guess I'll start with the preface that I feel like it's always been important, but perhaps it's more pressing now, especially after the pandemic when so many people experienced loneliness and isolation. And technology I think does play an influence as well just talking about my subjective experience I know when I was in university social media really warped my perception of things because I would see my friends posting about the parties and events they're going to and then I'm just (laughs) sitting home alone so that made me feel more (laughs) lonely uh, because I had this false perception of what was actually going on because we just choose to present a very small sliver of one side of our life on social media. It's not our whole self. So I think with the pandemic and with you know the continuing rise of technology, this is the time to talk about this. Because there's oh and there's more and more research around this too. For example, I, I live in Canada, so there's a survey done in 2021 called the canadian social connection survey and they found that nearly 50 percent of all canadians reported feeling lonely so that might be an alarming number to you that might not be mm. <laughs> but it's it just showcases that so many people are experiencing it so let's talk about it because it's a completely addressable issue in my opinion um even in the u.s the surgeon general a few months ago they released the public like uh, a public advisory on our epidemic of loneliness <laughs> so you can consider it's an its own epidemic too so I guess with all that's like the issue our need for connection we're wired for connection it's always been there but I think it's just more important than ever to actually address it because so many people are si- suffering silently I would say um when that doesn't need to be the case when there can be more people mm. like if I had someone growing up or even in university that just sort of, you know, talked explicitly to be like, you might feel lonely and that's okay. I think that would have done so much to make me feel more grounded um, and not feel like something was wrong with me um, because there wasn't anything wrong with me. It's just that this topic's not discussed enough.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> you, you mentioned social media and, and uh, the ill effects of that. It, it, it yep. gives a pretty warped image of what reality actually is of a person's life. It, mm-hmm. it only shows the best days or the best parts of the day of any individual's life. And I, yep. I, I know what you're talking about. I, I actually, believe it or not, I, I actually disconnected from all social media during the pandemic. Mm. That's mm-hmm. in 2020 hit. I actually made a choice. I, I deleted all my accounts, everything. And I chose not yeah. to uh, connect in that way. Um, but actually you know, in the best way possible <laughs> in 2020 right. yeah. was to actually yep. connect with people, um, even mm-hmm. through zoom and, and, and whatnot. Um, actually I wish I started a podcast at that time. That would have been a great time. But, um, I guess like just, you know, when I, when I look at what you do, Richard and the value of it, like bringing, bringing awareness to loneliness, right? You say your mission, like I was looking on, uh, at your profile mm-hmm. on your, on, on your website, it says yep. making meaningful connections easier. Yes. So how do you do that? Making meaningful connections easier.
1: Yeah. Great question. Um, as a bit of context, too, when David's referring to my website, I had a chance to deliver a TEDx talk about two years ago in my city. And so that gave me the opportunity of like, OK, what's the one key message I want to share with the world? Because it's going to be out there online for the rest of time. And what I came upon was I realized connections always been the common thread in my life. And more specifically, how to find excuses to connect, which is the title of my talk. It's like, what are these different ways that we can take an active role in designing the environment or designing the parameters. So it makes it easier for us to interact with people. And so for instance, I am a big fan of a card game called We're Not Really Strangers. And how that game works is each of the cards have a question on them and it's meant to facilitate conversation. And so for me to ask a friend or even a stranger, it's like, hey, I have this fun card game to get to know each other better. Do you want to play? That is an excuse to connect. Because it's framed as a game, it makes people generally like more open to it. It's more lighthearted, even though I, because I play the game many times, I know it results in meaningful conversations and discussions. Um, So yeah, I, I, that's an example of an excuse to connect. So how do you make meaningful connections easier? The simple answer is you can find these excuses to connect with people. I see David's post post pulled up my website now. (laughs) But yeah. It,
0: and for the folks who are just listening, yeah. um, excuses to connect.com. Yeah. So that's your website, making yeah, meaningful connections
1: easier. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much. <laughs> and that has a, one of my TEDx photos on there, too. So that's that's from my talk. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I think
0: you sort of skipped over that very, very humbly, Richard. You know, you're a TEDx speaker. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, and I think you might have. Do you have a goal of uh, being a TED a TED speaker as well?
1: Uh, maybe (laughs) I, 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 but I I do know people that have done multiple TEDx talks, so I'm like, I could do it because to be honest, um, a lot has changed with me, (laughs) and I've improved a lot with my public speaking skills ever since I did my TEDx talk. So, to be honest, when I look back at it, I'm like, oh, I could have said this differently, (laughs) I could have, but I think that's just the side of growth for anyone that we look back on our past work. And sometimes it's a bit embarrassing of like, oh, I could have done better. But I I guess that's the chance where I I can do a second TEDx talk. And I have a pretty good idea of what I would talk about in the second talk. So
0: What, what would it be about?
1: Yeah. So a phrase that is important to me is I thought of you. So these four words seem quite simple, but really it's powerful in practice because the phrase I thought of you symbolizes the connection between two people. And I can be both the recipient and the giver of that. So I'll start with the recipient side where if someone reaches out to me and they say like, oh, Richard, I came across this book or article about connection and I thought of you, and wanted to send this to you. That makes me feel nice because it's like, I was in their mind and they intentionally reached out to share something that they thought I would enjoy. Um, I've also had it in the context of, Hey, Richard, I saw this job posting around community development. And because I know you're a connector, I think you'd be a perfect fit for this. You're the first person that came to my mind. Hmm. So it's, I didn't ask for it. It's not like I was intentionally looking for it, but it feels so nice to have You know opportunities come to me because of who Mm. i am and for people thinking of me so all that to say it's like it makes my day or makes my week when i receive a message like that thinking about that it's like you can be the giver of that phrase too i thought of you so to think of the people in your life of what are their goals what are their challenges right now and what are resources or connections or other things that you can send their way to say it similarly like hey i saw this opportunity and i thought of you and i wanted to share um it can make their day too so like this this simple phrase again i thought of you and now now that you've heard it and uh, listeners are heard, hearing it, it's like start paying attention to it in your daily conversations of where it actually comes up because it comes up quite frequently. And I think it's a tool that we can actually leverage a lot more by using, using it thoughtfully. Um, I guess pun intended. You I thought of you thoughtfully. Um, So yeah, that's what my second TEDx talk would center on.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. You talk about that. Just the other day, one of my siblings, she actually sent, uh, sent me a message early in the morning Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, I was making, you know, uh, she was baking some some sort of baked goods. She loves to bake. Yeah, and she's like, "Hey, this whatever she was making, I thought of you." Yeah, that's all she said. I, I thought of you uh, this morning because I was making this, and and that was it. That was her message. I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. hey, good morning." And yeah, to start your day like that with one of your you know family members saying, "Hey, I thought of you when I was making this," now I'm not surprised. Anything to do with food, they thought of me, <laughs> probably right. There's yeah. there's. <laughs> there's a many to one correlation there in, in my right. world, but it's um, it does, it does make your day because, you know, back to your theme around loneliness, mm-hmm. like I wasn't lonely, but it, it, I felt a connection there. Yep. I felt connection. Yeah. And you know, like there's a bond that I have with that person that I know yeah. was there, but it felt stronger for that moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Richard, like, how do you help then? Like, you've done TEDx talks, um, you know, you're planning to do another one. Um, You do consulting in this in this area. I guess, who do you help? And how do you help?
1: Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, Yeah, because more specifically, what it is that I do, I would say two of my main focuses right now are professional speaking. So in the form of keynotes and workshops and trainings, and also when it comes to consulting. So I'll give you just a concrete example. This was a full circle moment. So it was really cool. But I had a chance to have a consulting contract at the university that I graduated from. So the one where I was feeling lonely at the first place. And the nature of this contract was that After the pandemic, they noticed that lots of students, of course, their mental health was struggling, but also Mm -hmm. um, they're just staying in the rooms. They're not really going out to events. They're having difficulty making friends. Um, People would finish classes and just go home. So campus did feel quite dead (laughs) compared to pre-pandemic, even though enrollment Mm -hmm. didn't drop that much. So they were trying to find a way to address these different challenges, but in a proactive, preventative approach because Hmm. there are students that access counseling services for example but for most of them i would say students are accessing it because they're in a crisis uh which is great that they're still able to access something but what if we had a more upstream approach where we can try to like cultivate resiliency and well-being earlier on. So people never get to that emergency type of situation. So mm. all this culminated in this idea of the Rec Room, um, which stands for Refresh, Energize and Connect. But basically it's, it's different play spaces we had on campus where we bought like big bong tables and giant chess sets and board games and puzzles as a way of connection through play. So having a chance to take a break from your classes and just have fun and meet new people. And so I had the opportunity to help launch and monitor that program and do some research and create a report about how that was going. So really the nature of my, uh, my focus of my work right now, is really around post-secondary institutions of universities and colleges, because I was there not that long ago and I still know what what mm-hmm. is, lo- if anything, perhaps it's even worse because <laughs> I, I was, you know, I had my whole undergraduate experience before the pandemic um, started. But students nowadays, they're struggling, <laughs> I would say. So it's it's a huge issue, but I think also addressable. Um, so that's what sort of consulting looked like. But I also do like these one-off workshops, whether it's for staff or student leaders or just the general student population to educate people on that. Because I said like people didn't grow up with a class of here's how to make friends. So. Here's a class on how to make friends. (laughs) Like, I I don't quite frame it that way, but sort of like, here's connection 101 or like, here's how to connect with anyone. And just Hmm. unpacking this, like, what are the actual barriers to connecting? Because I I commonly hear advice of like, just put yourself out there, (laughs) which I don't think is very helpful because um, it's not that people don't know what to do. It's similar to like with exercise or like diet and that sort of stuff. Like we know what to do. It's just how do we do it? What are the, what's getting in our way of actually um, putting ourselves out there? So yeah, getting to the root of here's the common fears you might be experiencing. Here's how to overcome them and practice it still. Cause it's, it's a skill. It's literally in the name, it's social skills. So um, it's like a muscle you can still exercise and get better at. So um, delivering those workshops to educate people and get them starting to think about this too, because I never received anything like that growing up. So,
0: so when you're running these workshops, who, yep. you know, what, what kind of like, it's like, what kind of folks are attending these workshops, right? Like, yeah, you know, how would you, you know, how would you describe them? Right. Number one. And then number two is what are, what are some common techniques? Like, right. Here's the thing I, I thought I'm, I'm pretty extroverted by nature, and just, you know, mm-hmm. how I grew, I grew up per- personally. But, you know, truth be told, there's some things I learned, you know, as a teenager and in my younger years, Hey, yeah. actually it's not that cool to connect that way, right? There are better <laughs> ways of socially connecting. So just because yeah. you're extroverted doesn't mean right. you're really good at connecting with people. You can actually be running yes. people the wrong way. So yeah. I guess, you know, what kind of people – we, you know, attend these workshops, and yeah. then what are some examples of ways to better connect with people?
1: Yeah, for sure. Good question. So, for example, I delivered a workshop to some graduate students and postdoctoral fellows um, at a university here in my city, and the reason I was brought in is because the staff were saying, like, okay, so these graduate students and postdocs, they're very bright, like they're like experts in their fields, like they're great with their academics and research, but also they're in a very insular environment where sort of their whole life is revolving around their academic work. And so when Mm it then comes to, okay, I'm graduating or I'm looking for a job in industry, how do I bridge that gap? Because it's not necessarily what you know, it's also about who you know too. So in that context, they wanted to bring me in to help bridge that gap. Yeah. So, I mean, Mm. the people in attendance were, and and this is the case, I think if you take any segment of the population, it's like, there's all sorts of people, there's introverts, there's extroverts, there are people that feel more socially confident and people that feel less. But I still feel like like, there's a starting point for all of us in terms of meeting them where they're at. And so one of the practical tools that I provide to people that actually I learned from my therapist, so credit to her, but this idea of a fear ladder. Um, so, and this is something I talk about in my TEDx talk too, but the idea that imagine there's a ladder and there's 10 different rungs. And so each rung corresponds to a different level of fear. So from a scale of one to 10, if I tell someone, for example, you know, just approach a random stranger on the street and start a conversation that might be a nine or a 10 on their fear ladder (laughs) because it's just so out there for them that this is too much of a leap of faith for them to actually take action it's too daunting and intimidating Mm -hmm. but if instead i ask someone well what's your one out of ten on your fear ladder what's something that's slightly outside of your comfort zone but still feels doable and then what you can do is you practice that behavior enough until that expands your comfort zone and then you can move on to like what's your two out of ten what's your three out of ten so it gives a structured way of approaching this that meets people where they're at. Because for in, instance, like someone has told me like they're one out of 10 would be messaging one of their friends and asking them if they can go for coffee because they already have an existing relationship. They know that's very unlikely to be rejected and, but it's still practicing that skill of outreach. So mm-hmm. fear ladders, one concept that I teach to people, another one is this Uh, Tying back to the idea of I thought of you, I have what I called my like connection equation. (laughs) So it's thinking plus thanking equals connecting. So this idea of being thoughtful of those people around you and how can you express gratitude and appreciation too? Because unfortunately, I think we do live in a society that we might not hear that acknowledgement enough for our good work, Mm -hmm. whether it's in a workplace or with our friendships or our, our family life to actually hear that we're being recognized for who we are and what we do. So this connection equation, how people utilize it, it's like, I thought of you and wanted to say thanks. (laughs) So um, how I get people to implement that idea in our workshops is like, think of someone in your life that's made an impact on you, whether large or small, and write a thank you letter to them. Um, To actually think about, you know, like without you, I would not for example, be in the job position I am today, or without you, um, I wouldn't be as confident or w- whatever it is. So for them to spend some, a few minutes writing that letter, and then I, I give them an opportunity to deliver it. And like, it's great that you reflect it and all, but Think of the person receiving this, like just out of the blue one day of like, here's the impact you've made on my life. And here's why I appreciate you. They're probably going to keep that letter forever or like a a special place to to remind themselves. So I tell people like, if you can hand deliver it, great. If you can take a a photo of it and email it or message it to that person, great. But what I do during my sessions, because I write a letter as well, I pick someone in my life. I call them. (laughs) live during the session to read out my letter to them because um, I think there's just different something different about verbally communicating it and it's always I had had a mishap before where I called someone and they didn't pick up and then she texted me right afterwards like Richard I'm in the washer right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, that's bad timing. Not an excuse. Not
0: Not an excuse there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it's always so meaningful because really the point I make to them is like, okay, this whole exercise took what, let's say like 10 minutes total of like writing the letter and like calling this person. And it was so meaningful. Like I, there's been many times where I'm reading out my letter and I get emotional too. And the other person gets emotional just, just for them to actually hear how much they mean to me. Because take take into the extreme it's like I would say we we often wait until it's too late to express our gratitude Mm -hmm. and appreciation like you think of funerals and the eulogies that people deliver but really that individual is not there to hear them anymore so what if we had that appreciation sooner and more regularly in our day-to-day life because it can help deepen our connection so much just to think of those people in our life and express our gratitude and appreciation to them. So just to summarize, so fear ladder is, gives you a like practical framework of where you could start wherever you're, you're at. And then this connection equation of thinking and thinking as well.
0: That's wonderful, Richard. Thank you. I, uh, you, you um, remind me of uh, something that happened to me just very recently Where someone um actually wrote me a letter. Like, here's the thing: being in leadership, that's my day job. Right? It's it's like being in customer service in some ways. Um, it's thankless. (laughs) You're giving, (laughs) you're giving, you're giving. Yeah. yeah. You only hear you only hear about the crap, and you know, when when something happens, something bad happens. But occasionally you get a thank you from someone, and I got a thank you from someone recently, and it was a very Mm. heartfelt thank you from someone I, I respect, and. I kept that, I kept that letter and, uh, yeah. it didn't, I didn't tear up. I was trying, I was trying really hard, but, uh, but, uh, no, no seriousness. I was, uh, it nearly brought a tear to my eye because, yeah. you know, they, they talked about how I helped them right. and, you know, the last few years, like, this is what you did for me. This is where we, str- I struggled. Here's how you helped me. Thank you. I wouldn't be here with, you know, without your help. And yeah, yeah. It, was, it was, it was, it was very touching and those are the letters you're just keeping it forever it's so powerful when someone says yeah. thank you
1: yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so i actually fun funny you mentioned that i have uh i started a google drive folder called like my celebration folder so whenever i receive like a really you know um email message or even a handwritten note that like describes my in the impact and appreciation they have for me mm-hmm. i, I screenshot it i put it into this folder because <laughs> you know just like everyone else we have those down days where we doubt ourselves or really self-critical or like all that. And I it's like, okay, well, let me just look at this folder just to remind myself of the impact that I have made on other people. So yeah, it's great that you you're keeping you, that letter that person that like yeah. to you.
0: So you, you bring up a good point. Um I, I saw in, I saw in your socials that you mm-hmm. you celebrated a celebration of life so far.
1: Yeah. Yeah. C-
0: celebration of life so far for Richard Lee Tai. Yeah. So For context, maybe just, you know, for the people listening Uh, uh to this podcast, what was that? It seemed like a birthday, but it wasn't a birthday. I I was kind of like, you know, what's going on here? But help me understand. But I I think I know where it's going now.
1: For sure. Yeah. I I guess I'll start with this is a very me thing to do. (laughs) I don't think most people celebrate (laughs) their birthdays this way, but it's authentic to me. But. I guess I'll start with last year, I did something unique for my birthday as well. And just to say, like, up until this point, birthdays have just been sort of whatever. It's just like another day. Yep, it is, it so, is. But yep. I wanted to do something more intentional and creative, especially now, like I was more embodying this identity of being a connector. So I'm like, okay, a birthday is an excuse to connect. It's, it's a way to bring people together. So let's let's utilize it so last year i did blindfolded conversations so people do what (laughs) they're signing up for but the idea that i got people together they put on blindfold and then i paired them up and then gave them some, some conversation prompts to have a chat but the whole idea is that you know you're not judging based on people's appearances you have to be really present and listening and you know getting themselves outside of their comfort zone a little bit too but of course, at the end, you can take off your blindfold and see who you're chatting with. And everyone said it was quite a positive experience. So that's sort of the context we're starting from. So I already did something unique last year. I'm like, okay, this year for my birthday, uh, for listeners too, I am tur- I turned 25. So I'm still quite young. <laughs> but uh, I'm like, okay, this is a milestone. This is a quarter of my life. So I wanted to do something significant for that too. So I was playing around with different ideas over like the the past few months. And I landed on this idea of celebration of life. (laughs) I know it's a term, Mm -hmm. I was Googling it because I know it's a term that's used as an alternative ceremony to a funeral, but I thought, okay, well, can we have an intentional opportunity to celebrate the fullness of life (laughs) and, and all that it has to offer? Um, so that's why i added the so far component because i'm like i'm not dead yet and i want to be very clear this is not like a living funeral <laughs> like a celebration of life so far <laughs> and part of my concept for this too is i have a few friends that are doing multi-year or lifelong projects for example one of my friends he says he's going to do a marathon every year until he's 65 or mm-hmm. um an one of my friends host an annual event for entrepreneurs and he said he's going to do it for 55 years so he's on year eight of 55 right now so i wanted also for my birthday event my birthday to mark year one of some multi-year or lifelong project so on my event page for this i'm like okay let's assume i live to 100 which i don't think i'm gonna get that far but like that's 75 years so that's this can be year one of 75 of me hosting this annual tradition. And I really do want it to be a tradition. Like, yes, it's on my birthday. And yes, part of it's to celebrate me, but can we celebrate life in general? Because part of what I did at my event, I asked people like, Hey, do you want to give like a three, four minute speech about what do you want to celebrate about your life this past year? Um, We also did this exercise of writing a letter to our future self. So a year from now. So I have all those letters and, so it functions as a time capsule. So next year, if they can come back to the event, I'll give them back their letter. If not, I'll email it back out to them. Uh, we also did this activity with balloons. <laughs> so, uh, as you may tell now from people who are listening, to it, like I care a lot about play and creativity and finding like different mm-hmm. innovative excuses to connect. So, I I got this idea from a friend of using balloons. So. The idea is so people get a slip of paper and I gave them three questions for them to answer on that paper. So it was, what is it, what's something that you've done in your life that you're really proud of? It doesn't necessarily need to be this past year, but like in general, what's something that's still on your bucket list, whether it's going on adventure having certain experiences or even like reconciling with certain people in your life that maybe you've lost touch with or there's conflict. And also how would your life be different if you knew you only had one year left to live? Because part of my event too, like even though it's still a celebratory tone, I did want to allude or or recognize like this element of death where appreciating our mortality is like, I assume I'm going to live a long time, but who knows really? And Mm -hmm. I think when we know we have limited time, it puts things into perspective where Things that we worry about or think are a big deal maybe aren't that big of a deal (laughs) and we wouldn't be caring about five ten years from now and also helps us to really hone in on what really does matter to us so that's why i asked this question too if like you had a year left to live how would that change things for you so anyway Mm -hmm. people wrote all the answers on the piece of paper and then you fold it up and you stick it into the balloon (laughs) and then you inflate the balloon and, and tie it off and so at the end we had all this this whole pile of colorful balloons and I tell people, like, this is an analogy where, you know, the balloon can pop at any time. It's sort of like the fragility of our life, too. And we did do that. So on the count of three, we all we all popped our balloons at the same time. And you could read the note that's inside because it's from someone else. And then you find that person and have a conversation with them. So all that to say, like, the whole event was quite structured in terms of there's a series of concepts or activities I wanted to take people through Mm -hmm. and yeah so this is I told everyone's like you're my guinea (laughs) pigs you're the first iteration (laughs) of this and it's going to evolve over time but yeah that's what I did as my celebration of life so far and this is year one of 75 of me hosting this and I did it online and in person so David you you could that's awesome (laughs) I I would I would
0: I would welcome that if you uh if you would have me it's uh, <clears throat> what I love about this too is uh, you're you're using the occasion of your birthday as an uh, as a way of ser- helping others understand, mm-hmm. like the 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 concept of like um, acknowledging death is not a bad thing. Yeah and, yeah, and like and I've talked about it on this podcast before. Like countries like Bhutan, the happiest country in the world is Bhutan, right? Mm. And one of the reasons why is because they, they talk about death all the time. It's part of the culture there. Mm-hmm. And, and so when, when people think about it, it's like, well, if I was gone today, would this matter? Whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. Like, oh, someone cut in front of me in traffic, whatever it might be. And so naturally, you're going to be happier. Because, you, you know, like, it doesn't really matter. These, these yeah. little things that are annoying you or, or, hey, I want to get a promotion or I want to be rich. Yeah. does it really matter. There you mm-hmm. know. um, so I, I think you're doing a great service there, uh, to folks. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, yes, if you invite me, I will come.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, you're, I'll remind you, I'll, I'll set there's a bunch of people who I invited who couldn't make it this year. I'm like, okay, I'm still hosting this for 74 years, I'm sure you'll catch one of them. <laughs> so, yeah, um, but no, it's yeah, appreciating. Uh, our mortality and impermanence because it's I, I i will say i had some doubts about ho- hosting this event because i'm like is this controversial is this sensitive but uh, I, at the very least i think it's countercultural because in western society i think there is a tendency to avoid discussing death or keeping it very far away or that as a morbid or depressing yeah. subject when that's not necessarily how all cultures around the world treat it as you're saying like in Bhutan or I think of in Mexico they have their day of their dead so Mm -hmm. literally an annual celebration to honor their ancestors and celebrate so yeah it's like let's we can think about this in our daily life because we can't really take our status or our wealth with us uh, when we're on our deathbed so it's it's yeah sometimes it's good to sort of visualize or project into the future of like, okay, well, at the end of my life, what stories do I want to be able to tell? Well, have I lived a life without regrets? Because that's Mm -hmm. one of my big focuses is like, I don't want to, you know, be thinking of like, all the all the things I didn't do or things that I should have done, but never took the step to so like, let's do it now, I still have the opportunity to do so.
0: I asked you a question uh, for before the podcast about <clears throat> if there's anything you've changed your mind about lately or doubled down on and yeah. you talk about the concept of reparenting so uh-huh. you say it's the process refers to giving yourself what you didn't receive as a child yes can you talk more about that
1: yes for sure so reparenting yeah maybe came across it 2 3 years ago in like the therapy context but this idea that we all still have an inner child within us. Even if we're adults, we might have just locked that part of ourselves away or buried it deep under all these different layers of adult responsibilities, but our child's still there. And the thing is like, I'm learning more and more that our childhood has such a large bearing on how we act (laughs) and how we think (laughs) as an adult. And unless we consciously take the time to examine that and question it, then we might still be operating from the same conclusions we've drawn from childhood. So I know for me, a large part of my personal development journey was like unlearning people pleasing and unlearning perfectionism and unlearning this idea that my self worth is tied with my performance, because I guess sort of stereotypically, I heard that all the time growing up in an Asian household, you might be able to relate, but it's like, you know, like, I need to achieve certain grades or get certain rewards or get into a certain job, then I am good enough. Uh, then I can receive praise and validation from, from people. So because mm-hmm. I had that belief in my mind, what really result is like, I never felt like I was good enough is all conditional and temporary. So even when I did achieve something, it's such a fleeting sense of uh, happiness. And then my mind's already on to the next thing of like, what's the next mountain I need to climb. Um, so, had to unlearn that of like, what, what if I could just have inherent self-worth that's not determined by external factors? So this whole process of reparenting is, is examining like, well, what is it? And recognizing too, like our parents aren't perfect. Like they try the best with what they know. And in some case, in all cases, there's still going to be something that they haven't provided for us fully, whether that's affection or security or acknowledgement. So we as adults still have an opportunity to be the parent to our inner child. We can self-reparent. So uh, it's that's the concept there. And I would say so, to tie it in with the different themes we've been chatting about so far, a big one for me of reparenting is celebrating myself because that's not something that came naturally to me. I never heard stuff mm-hmm. like, oh, good job, Richard. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> of course, my parents um express their love in different ways but never through those words of affirmation so Mm -hmm. celebration was literally a foreign concept to me i had to ask myself like what is celebration how do i do it (laughs) uh so it's been an intentional practice ever since then like actually acknowledging myself at the end of the day for example like you did a good job today richard and you can Mm -hmm. be happy with this and you can be proud of this and of course hosting this uh birthday event the celebration of life was a really like of course um is for other people but there's a selfish element there to like this is a way for me to celebrate myself in a very intentional way um so celebration is one and the other key theme i would say in my reparenting journey right now is around uh rest and play uh, i realized i mean I think it's a case for a lot of immigrants but both my parents are immigrants they had to work extremely hard to reestablish themselves in a new environment and mm-hmm. things were unstable for a long time and so they worked really hard but because i saw that what i had consciously or unconsciously internalized like oh i need to work really hard too because i never really mm-hmm. saw them you know intensely going out to have fun and just rest and play So I'm like, okay, well, I don't deserve that either. (laughs) So it's something now as an adult I need to to examine. I'm like, okay, I never quite received that as a child, but now I can. It's important for me to give that. Like, it's just you know, I went to a paint night event this past (laughs) weekend. I'm like, why not? It's like I I haven't done painting since I was a child, but it's like this is just for fun for me, just to to cultivate my inner child. So yeah, that's the concept of reparenting for folks. that Reparenting. No. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's great. It's. A lot of it sounds like it's about being kind to yourself too, mm-hmm. kinder than uh, than than how you might have been raised, right? And right. taking responsibility for that yeah. too, right? Yeah. Um it there's a there's a podcast I can't remember which one I listened to recently where the the individual there was talking about like we we all we always talk about a uh, good work ethic, but we never talk about having a good rest ethic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That goes with that. Yeah. And you know in order to have good work, you gotta have good rest as well. Right? Yes. Um, the other thing that came to mind is that you, you know you talk about Asian cultures. There's there's some irony there where you know you're on one hand you're taught to hustle all the time and work hard all mm-hmm. the time. You don't deserve the rest. Yet in uh, you know the the Taoist uh, uh, philosophy, you know the yin and yang, it's all yeah. about balance. Right. If You work hard, you gotta also rest hard as well. You, you gotta have yes. the, the the balance in life. So there's some irony uh in, 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 in even the cultures and what mm-hmm. they say and what they what they manifest out there so yeah. um so richard uh given all this right everything you're doing some wonderful work you're doing uh for the world in, in my opinion you're you're helping people connect with others you're you're finding excuses to connect helping people understand how to do that um what's next for you
1: yeah Great question. It's been a journey. I, I've been telling a lot of people like I feel like being in your like the twenties, like that decade, is probably one of the most transformative periods of your life because who you enter in when you're twenty and who you live who you leave when you're thirty is quite different because there's so many new experiences that occur during that time. Whether it's you know being an adult for the first time, moving out, <clears throat> going to school if you choose to go to school, starting your career, so. It's all a big adventure (laughs) for me. Um, I guess uh, one answer I can give is when I turn 25, I also have this idea of like, what are 25 goals I might have for the next quarter of my life? doesn't necessarily mean I'll achieve all of them, but it gives me some orientation to direct my energy and and efforts. So um, I have a few. uh, I'll I'll share one or two of them. One of them, I do want to travel to Vietnam. Um, Those are where my parents fr- are from and i was born and raised in canada so i've still actually never had a chance to visit yet and i know i have some family members there so i think that's an important part of my personal journey just to see where my parents grew up and have a better understanding of that uh, mm-hmm. also i like traveling in general just to be able to meet people and experience different cultures so that's one um uh, I also have this idea. I want to spend like a two-week stay at a Zen monastery. <laughs> I'm like, this would really take myself out of my, you know, normal pace of life and just put myself in a new. Are these the silence ones
0: where you you got to be silent uh, for
1: two weeks? We wouldn't be silent necessarily for the whole two weeks, but yeah, I mean, there is a lot of meditation, um, but conversations too, listening to talks, having discussions. So, uh, mm. but yeah, I would have to, of course fall into their schedule, whether it's like waking up at 6am and then like doing all this stuff. So it'd be outside of my comfort zone, but that's something I, I do want to do. So yeah, still lots of uh, like life goals and experiences I want to engage with. And of course, I know connections going to be always there because it's just a central part of who I am. And there's always more stuff I'm learning and it's interdisciplinary, interdisciplinary by nature. So there's always more to engage with. Um, but yeah, I... I, I guess one other way I can orient this too, of what's next for me or what I'm continuing to do is I would feel fulfilled in life if I have made great memories with great people. So that's something I keep in the forefront of my mind too. And everything that I do is like, how am I creating memories <laughs> with great people? So whether mm-hmm. that is just through my personal life or through like more formally through my work too, um, yeah, creating these experiences for people. So. Yeah, I, I'm creating great memories with you, David, on this podcast. <laughs> well, thank you very
0: much. It's uh time always flies uh, you're yes. doing this podcast. Um when you're talking to great people. Like I, I'm I'm looking at the time closely. I'm very conscious of your time yes. and, and the listeners' time. So I could go I could I always tell folks I can go another hour if we Save. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can go another hour. But let me end it with Two more questions. And I always ask these two questions to every guest. Uh the first one is, what advice would you give to the teenage Richard?
1: Uh yes. So I this is great because this sort of ties into reparenting as well. Um mm-hmm. I think something that's become more and more evident to me um recently is just this idea of like accepting who I am. <laughs> um I think when we're teenagers, there can be a really lost feeling of like, who am I, where do I fit in? Who are my people? What are my values? Um, And I think I was definitely feeling that, especially around the idea of like, you know, what do I? what do you want to do <laughs> with your life like what do you want to do after after high school that's like big question like i don't think any 18 or 19 year old really has a clear idea <laughs> of like mm-hmm. what is it they're going to study and it's it's not the be all and all but just telling my younger self like you know you're cool richard <laughs> you're a badass like you you could you could accept and celebrate uh who you are and just let your light shine through because again like more and more now i'm like Like my celebration of life so far event, I knew some people wouldn't get it, but I know there's people that are going to understand it too. And it's like, no one else is probably ever going to do this, but I want to do it. So let's do it. (laughs) So it's just Mm -hmm. leaning more and more into that. Like, you know, you have unique gifts and perspective on the world, and just just do it. (laughs) Just express yourself that way. It doesn't matter if it doesn't, Mm. if it looks a bit weird or it's different than what other people are doing. Yeah, it's yours. Yes,
0: it's who you are, right? Well, Richard,
1: I always leave the last
0: question to my guest to ask me any question that you wish. Try to stump me if you want, um, and uh, I'll just use the edit button here later to uh, edit it out if I can not answer the question. So what's your question to me?
1: Oh, there's so many questions I can ask. I should have prepared for this. I Um, I
0: purposely don't tell you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Um, Okay, this comes to mind i'm sure like people experience this all the time it's like you know after you have a conversation they like and you reflect back and I was like oh shoot i should have asked this instead or should have said this instead but this is okay I'll, um this is sort of meta but i i i will ask you what's the biggest question in your life that you're you're trying to answer
0: the biggest question in my life that i'm trying to answer recently how would how would i want to be remembered
1: mm. mm-hmm.
0: so Everything that you talked about today, a celebration of life so far, um, um, conceptualizing more, like the, the impermanence of mortality. Um, uh, I'm a little bit older than you, Yes, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> two, a little more than two decades older. And I could tell you the, the, the thought processes, the journey, um, it, it evolves. It's just, you know, it, what you had as a teenager asking those questions, it happens in every decade. It's just yeah. different questions that you'll have depending mm-hmm. on your experiences. And so, you know, I, I do ask like, you know, where I am now in my, my life, in my career. Um, I've worked hard to get to where I am. I, I asked the question a few years ago,
1: what
0: do I, what do I truly want to be remembered for? Right. And the answer came to me years ago, right before the pandemic, one of my colleagues, he was retiring for you know the second or third time, right? And I say second or third mm-hmm. time because this 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 gentleman, um, he's been on my podcast, very well respected individual. Um, uh, you know, he's been through a number of things in his life. His you know his first wife passed away, you know, due to the sickness, and yeah. But he's been resilient, and and when you look at his retirement that I went to right before the pandemic, the number of people who went there to celebrate his, you know, his his retirement was amazing. And mm. it was it was not about, oh, this is so and so's title. This was his title. This is oh my God, he was an S V P or EVP. No one cared. Yeah. Everybody had a story about this is how he impacted my career. Every single person. And yeah. and the the funny thing when you hear about this individual, and you know I, I know one guy who used to go to airports, you know, and travel with him. He would bump into people at airports, you know, people with gray hair and everything. It's like, oh, so and so, you know what this guy did for me in my career, it, yeah. and there's just story after story after story yeah, yeah. of that. Yeah. And it was at that moment three years ago when I said, "I want to be that." I my version of that. Yeah, yeah. And that being, people saying, "Hey, you know, Dave helped me in my life, my career." Helped me achieve what I wanted to achieve, and that actually freed me from the pursuit of titles. The pursuit of—I—I I, I, I never cared for the money per se. You know, I, I always believe that if you do good work and you know you—you you, know—you vouch for yourself, the money will come. It's not about the money. It's—it's. It's, but a lot of people, ch- you know, chase promotions and money. And I, it was chasing impact, right? Chasing that impact. When I retire, um, so that's a long winded way of uh, telling you. That's what I'm. That's a question. I uh, it's still evolving. What do I want to be yeah. remembered for? Um, yeah. That's what it is right now, right? Yeah. The guy who actually uh, changed people's lives and wow. uh, and and helped them achieve what they wanted to. And I think that's why coaching is another vehicle for me to do that. Yeah. Like both of us attended the, the same coaching academy, Canada Coach Academy. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Natalie Blais, who was also yes. on one of my podcasts. Yes. So it's another vehicle to help me get there. Um, so yeah. just like yourself, Richard, I'm on a journey. I'm still on a journey. I, I, I hope this journey goes on for another, you know, years. Um, <laughs> a few more decades. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. So th- that's me in a nutshell, yeah. Richard
1: great no i thank you for answering that question yeah it's it's great how it just wraps up the whole theme of the podcast too of like how, how do you want to be remembered what legacy or impact do you want to have on others and yeah it's like about those stories uh appreciate it's the stories connection. yep
0: yeah yeah and and that's all that really matters at the end of the day so well richard lee tai thank you sir for your time today uh, yeah, anything so else you, you. want to say to 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 the crowd out there?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, for people who are listening to this, I always say this at the end of when I'm a guest on podcast. like, you've listened to this episode now. You could use this as an excuse to connect with me because <laughs> I always love to hear back from people of like, oh, you could say like, oh, I was listening to David's podcast and I liked when you said this. So um, anyone that's listening, just want to give that open invite. It's like, I'd love to connect with you further whether it's just for chatting or if you have collaboration opportunities in mind but yeah just love connecting with people obviously (laughs) so that's a this is your excuse to connect is what i'll say
0: all right well we'll we'll share all your contact details your socials everything uh in the show notes and uh you know when i post this out there you know please repost as well richard yes all right sir you have a good day thank you for your time
1: okay you too
0: and